eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. But I think what's really difficult about this conversation is what about 2024? And I'm not punting 2024 as a fan. The Mets certainly better not. They raised our ticket prices. We go into a season with hope. And that's why you have to do two things at once. Sign guys to short-term contracts who give you a chance to win. Isn't that what they did with Scherzer and Verlander? Think about it. Were they ever punting when they signed Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander? No, they were trying to win. But they weren't wrapping themselves up long-term with them. We always knew their rotation was going to be in flux, maybe not as early as it was because of the trades, but eventually those guys would be out of baseball where the Mets wouldn't keep them. So what David Stearns is going to need to do to do the two things that we want as fans, at least I want as a fan, which is try to win in 2024, while keeping your flexibility going into the free agency of 2025, you got to go aggressive on short-term deals. And you know what's appealing about short-term deals? Let's say Lucas Giolito is one of the guys. And he's coming off of a terrible second half last year. He pitched well until he started bouncing around the majors. Typically, there's this view of, don't you love players in contract years? Now, I, I think that's a fallacy. I don't think guys always have great years in contract years because if you counter and say, well, look at Cody Bellinger, I'd say he had a contract year before that and he was terrible. Now, maybe Giolito fits the Bellinger where he didn't have a good contract year, signs a one-year deal if you can get him, and then has a monster year. And even if you let him go, Severino the same thing, that gives you a chance to win in the short term because in the short term, you just got career years out of two guys in your rotation. It's not sexy. It's not the offseason maybe some Met fans were dreaming of, but that's the pivot. The pivot is short-term deals, and you hope like hell those guys have big years, and it leads to success. And if it doesn't lead to success, you trade them at the deadline for prospects. But I look at a guy like Giolito, who I think is valuable because of the innings he can supply. And right now, I would try to get him on a short-term one-year deal in which I overpay uh, what other teams are offering on a long-term deal. That would be my pivot. Because you are better off, we are better off long-term 
not having a rotation locked in with four guys that we settled for as opposed to going into the offseason next year with a lot of free money and free rotation spots and going after Bieber and Burns and even Zach Wheeler. Zach's got a lot of innings on his arm and certainly will examine how much he's worth going after to bring him home. But there are appealing guys available a year from now. It just sucks to talk about it today. I get that. Trust me. I'm not saying it with a smile on my face. I'm saying it because I think we need to be smart and realistic. Quickly on free agency of next year, there are only three bats that I would define as game-changing. And game-changing is probably being too strong. Besides Pete Alonso, who you would think would be a major priority because if you lose Pete Alonso, think about the offense you need to replace. Juan Soto, we all know about that. Alex Bregman, and I think how the Mets do with Beatty this season and Vientos this year will help determine the aggressiveness on a guy like Alex Bregman. If Brett Beatty puts it all together and ends up taking the third base job and having a really good year, we're probably not talking about pursuing Alex Bregman. If Beatty's a disaster and there's uncertainty about Mauricio and he may not even be a third baseman anyway, maybe Alex Bregman is a guy you're definitely targeting. The other one, and it's a drop-off, but is a real good player, is Anthony Santander. I'm certainly not comparing Santander to Bregman and Soto, but that is another free agent switch-hitting outfielder with pop. Outside of that, it's not great free agency next year. I got to stop talking about next year because <laughs> nobody wants to hear it either. We're so focused on this season. All right, this season, two rumors to address. Let's start off with Justin Turner. Justin Turner is a guy we've talked about on numerous podcasts as a potential target. Earlier in the offseason, before Ronnie Mauricio got hurt, we examined him as one of the better third-base options on a short-term deal. But I think we kind of lean towards, let's just keep it with what's on this roster. Obviously, Mauricio going down has changed things. Justin Turner is 39 years old. So there's always that risk that at 39, he's just going to lose it. But Justin Turner goes out and plays every single day, or at least most days. Last year, he played 146 games. The year before that, he played 128 games. So missed a little bit of time, but nothing that's, you know, changing a season. The year before that, played 151 games. And he has virtually put up the same numbers or very similar numbers over the last three seasons. 278, 278, 276. On base, 361, 350, 345. An OPS of 832, 788, 800. He puts the bat on the ball. Is not a big strikeout guy. He's losing it a little bit defensively. That's why if you sign Justin Turner, he's your third baseman slash DH. That's why Justin Turner and J.D. Martinez don't make a lot of sense in my eyes. Because I also think you want to keep at-bats available for Brett Beatty. So if you sign Justin Turner on a one-year deal, and I'm all for it at this point because you add another professional bat to this lineup, and even though he's 39 years old, I feel good about the bet I'm making based on what I just laid out. The guy's played the last few years. He hasn't given you an indication he's going to fall apart. And if he does, okay, cut your losses. It's one year. It sucks. It probably means this season's going to be a failure because it's a sign of things to come <laughs> if the ever-reliable Justin Turner gets hurt. But I think Justin Turner's going to see a lot of his time at DH, too. And it allows Brett Beatty to still potentially take the third-base job we've been talking about. 
Last year with the Boston Red Sox, he actually DH'd more than he played third base. In fact, last year with the Red Sox, he didn't play a lot of third base, obviously, because of the way the team is built and having Rafael Devers, so the building of your team matters. But he ended up DHing 98 times last year. Played 41 games at first base, 10 games at second, 7 at third. By the way, him playing second base is hilarious. I I figured there's no way he's going to play second base again. Obviously, back in the day with the Mets, he was a second baseman. Prior to that with L.A., it was more of an even split. It's what I'm pretty much describing right now. 66 games at third base, 62 games at DH. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And going back further than that is not a good indication because we didn't have the DH. 2021 was actually the last year of the pitcher hitting, so... His DHs were only when they were in American League ballparks. But I do view him similarly to the way L.A. did in 2022. I think half the season he plays third base. Not half the season, but half the time plays third base. Half the other time he's DHing. A lot of that having to do with the development of Brett Beatty. I'm all for it. It's a one-year deal. $20 million a year, maybe less. Call it a day, move on. You added a reliable bat to the middle of this lineup. The other rumor that sort of popped up over the last couple of days is that the Cincinnati Reds, based on some of the moves they've made this offseason, specifically acquiring Jamie Candelario, are thinking about trading Jonathan India. My interest level in Jonathan India is somewhere in the middle. It's a little lukewarm. I don't think Jonathan India is a dynamic offensive player. He has never put up the production that he put up in 2021 as a rookie. He's gone a little bit backwards, specifically in 2022. He did bounce back a little bit last year. He strikes out probably right around the league average, has a little bit of pop, has hit for about a 250 batting average. Obviously, the hope being, well, he's still young. He's 27 years old. Does Jonathan India become more than that? If he doesn't become more than that, he's an average player. Now, where he fits in, it's pretty simple. It's something we talked about much earlier in the offseason, but sort of gave up on the idea of, and that's the Mets could acquire a second baseman and move Jeff McNeil to left field, and now you've solved the outfield issue. Instead of just adding a left fielder, which you could do, though another one's off the board with Lourdes Correal re-signing with Arizona, you could acquire a second baseman and move Jeff McNeil to left field. Jonathan India's fine, and... If you're thinking about left fielders and you put up any of the left fielders you're thinking about numbers against Jonathan India and the potential upside of Jonathan India, Jonathan India may come up as a positive, but you got to remember you have to give something up to get him. And that's the other concern. You have a farm system that features Jet Williams, who could turn out to be as a second baseman, a farm system that still features Luis Angel Lacuna. So you're trading for a middle infielder, you're probably having to give up valuable prospects for him. Is it really worth it? And off the top, the answer is no. Not really. I'm all for 
for a younger player who you have team control over, and India does qualify as that, I'm okay with trading prospects for a player that you have control over that's relatively young, but doesn't he have to be a little bit more dynamic than Jonathan India? Jonathan India is nothing special. He's okay. He's average. He's all right. You look at his numbers, and is he going to ever become much better than what he's put up over the three years he's been in the major leagues? If the answer is no, then I'm not giving up substantial prospects for him. But it is an idea. It's an idea around you could get a second baseman and move Jeff McNeil to left field, despite what David Stern said earlier in the offseason about viewing McNeil as the second baseman. The offseason changes, man. You never know who becomes available. And when guys become available, you have to pivot. And one of the values of Jeff McNeil is his ability to go out there and play the outfield. Let me address Max Scherzer. When I saw the news that Max Scherzer had an injury and was going to miss the first half of the season, I really had no reaction. I didn't have that joy. I don't root for anyone to get hurt. I didn't have that, we dodged a bullet. I think I have entered the mature territory of not giving a rat's ass about Max Scherzer. That's where I'm at. I do not care about him. And with stars that have been on my team, the process of moving on is very, very different with a lot of the guys. Some guys I hold on to for a very long time, and I'm real bitter, and I continue to root against them. And I think in Max's case, once he's back, I'm sure I'll root against him if I happen to be watching a Texas Ranger game. But for the most part, I saw that injury news, and I was met with indifference. Just a shrug of the shoulders, if you will. I've also given it more thought. I made a point recently, hey, do you ever think to yourself the Mets were better off keeping Justin Verlander? Which was my thought back in July. After the, you know, we had those few days after the Scherzer trade to kind of contemplate the future of the franchise. And I was on the side of keeping Verlander. I didn't want to move him. And the reasons I laid out (laughs) make a lot of sense right now, which was you got to replace everybody. And that's not easy to do. And considering where this offseason has gone so far, that point, my big argument, still makes a lot of sense. But the more you think about it, and the more I've thought about it, you have two significant prospects in your system. Who knows what they'll be? We have no idea. But we hold out hope that Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford become impact Mets. And then B, who knows what you even have left out of Justin Verlander. Who knows? Would it make this rotation a hell of a lot more formidable if he was here right now? Yes. But is the trade-off worth it? Is one more year of Justin Verlander in his 40s where you cross your fingers that he's healthy and he makes his starts? Is that worth two big prospects that could potentially make a big impact on this team down the road? The answer is probably not. But it was at least worth thinking about. Is at least worth pondering the thought. So, Met fans, take a deep breath. We'll hopefully find out this Yamamoto news very, very soon. The last thing I want to do is be doing a podcast as I'm driving down to Disney World, which I'm doing next week, uh, speaking into a phone, giving my opinion of Yamamoto. So let's get get this thing done before Thursday night. Now, I'll still do it because I'm committed to the Rico. We'll get it to you however we can. But the 2 a.m., driving down to Disney World podcast coming up this Thursday night is not something I'm looking forward to. So Yoshinabu, let's get this done in the next four days. 
Again, always, you can email your thoughts to RicoB at gmail.com or leave a comment wherever you download the podcast. Maybe we'll start checking those. Maybe that's a good idea. Either way, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading another edition of Rico Brunia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Brunia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.